RTHK News. Good afternoon, it's one o'clock. I'm Todd Harding. The headlines. The Chinese university cut short a graduation ceremony after it was disrupted by protesting students in face masks and hard hats. A political analyst says cancelling the district council elections would be counterproductive and executive councillor Ip Kwok Him describes yesterday's knife attack on district councillor Junius Ho as frightening. A graduation ceremony at the Chinese university has been cut short following protests by students. Hundreds of graduates in their gowns, face masks and hard hats had marched from the nearby train station to the venue before the ceremony began and later turned their backs when the national anthem was played. This graduate wore goggles and a hard hat and said he was a frequent protester who would continue to take to the streets. I now have a full-time job and of course I, I will still join the protest until, until all five demands are fulfilled, until Hong Kong has uh, real democracy and freedom. Yeah, that's, we'll fight, we, we, will we shall never surrender. This graduate wore a Guy Fawkes mask. It's kind of a symbol to uh, represent our anger towards the, how the government treats Hong Kong citizens nowadays, especially towards us, uh, the young teenagers and those who are from the university. The Chinese university has been mocked by pro-Beijing supporters in the past for producing what they called rioters. Its students have been vocal supporters of the extradition movement and some have been arrested for taking part in protests. Addressing the ceremony, Vice-Chancellor Rocky Tuan abandoned his prepared speech and instead said he had three messages for the graduates. Professor Tuan refrained from commenting on the social movement but reminded graduates that they are now part of a wider community and the importance of mutual respect. He also said life is a continuous one and happiness is the key to success, not the other way round. Professor Tuan added that it was regrettable that the campus was graffitied overnight. Regrettably, some action last night and this morning, uh, which is somewhat callous and uh, disrespectful and sometimes hateful action, has uh, caused some defacement of university properties and also has compromised the very nature of this ceremony. The government has been urged to come up with concrete contingency plans for tackling potential disruption on District Council Elections Day. The Election Observation Project, a monitoring body led by political science academics, said the Crisis Management Committee chaired by the Electoral Affairs Commission's head should think more than just what, about whether or not the poll should be cancelled or postponed in the wake of the latest protests. The group said that although it's seen 11 cases of attacks on candidates or their teams so far, it's not gotten to the point where the elections should be halted. Lern Kai Chi from the Chinese University said while the government should press ahead with holding the poll on November the 24th, the authority should make known how it's going to handle potential chaos at polling stations. What you can do is to make sure you have a transparent hand so that in case anything happens, we know what's going to, what, what the responses are going to be uh, so that people will have trust in the system, which is a big issue in Hong Kong right now, that people don't have trust with the government, that people don't have trust with the police. Uh, for example, if by any chance uh, we have to suspend the voting process and that has to be like, resumed uh, on the next day, then how can we make sure that people will trust the integrity of the ballot box? These are very important issues that I believe uh, should be addressed. 
Meanwhile, a political analyst says the situation in Hong Kong is not dangerous enough to warrant cancelling the district council elections. Yesterday, a pro-Beijing lawmaker received a minor stab wound while campaigning for the polls. Cheung Cho Yung from the City University's Department of Public Policy says holding fair and open elections is an important way to mend divisions in society. It's far from very dangerous at the moment. It's worrying. We must try whatever means possible to make sure that people are not to be intimidated. But if we compare with many other places that are holding elections, we are still in a relatively safe environment despite the incidents. Nevertheless, I think it's the very good time for the government to show we are not to be intimidated. We are going to have elections fair and without fear. Otherwise, cancelling the election or to try to postpone it may be politically very, very counterproductive as well as even more divisive. Executive Councillor Ip Kwok Hin says yesterday's knife attack on District Councillor Junius Ho was frightening and makes all election candidates fear for their safety. On an RTHK radio programme, he expressed doubt that the election campaigning could continue in a fair and peaceful manner. He suggested the government decide by the 17th, a week before the poll, on whether or not it should go ahead. Yesterday, the chief executive, Carrie Lamb, said the government would do its best to hold the elections as scheduled, despite security concerns. China specialist Mark O'Neill says he can't believe Beijing's top leadership is happy with the performance of the chief executive Carrie Lam and isn't considering a replacement. Mrs Lam was praised by President Xi Jinping in Shanghai on Monday and by Vice Premier Han Zheng yesterday. Mr O'Neill described the comments from mainland leaders as very depressing. Yesterday's talk was significant more for what was not said than what was said. Mr Han did not speak about political reform, about an independent inquiry, about an amnesty for anyone. He presented the protests here only as a law and order issue. So that means there will be none of the four concessions. It will be simply the police dealing with the protests. And personally, I find that quite disappointing. A woman has died and two people have been injured in a fire in Taiwan. It started in a residential unit on the ninth floor of Fung Sing Court. Around 600 residents were evacuated from the building. One of the injured was taken to hospital for smoke inhalation. Turning overseas, U.S. prosecutors have charged two former Twitter employees and a third man with spying for Saudi Arabia. They're accused of accessing personal information of some Twitter users who criticized the Saudi government and royal family. Two of the accused are Saudis. The third, a U.S. citizen, was arrested on Tuesday. Greg Bensinger covered the story for The Washington Post. These actions occurred a few years ago, and you know, Twitter has said they've taken measures to try to prevent this. But the reality is these tech companies acquire just a ton of information on their users, and this seems like a risk for all of them, that somebody could be working inside them who has a reason to access these profiles or, or user information for, for reasons other than work. Federal prosecutors in San Francisco say they would not allow U.S. companies or technology to become tools of foreign repression in violation of U.S. law. Democrats leading the impeachment inquiry against President Trump have released a transcript of the closed-door testimony by the U.S. ambassador to Ukraine, William Taylor. Mr. Taylor said it was his clear understanding that President Trump had made military aid to Kiev conditional on a probe against the former Vice President Joe Biden that could help him politically. Democrats in the House of Representatives have announced they'll begin public hearings on impeaching Mr. Trump next Wednesday. The chairman of the House Intelligence Committee is Adam Schiff. Those open hearings will be an opportunity for the American people to evaluate the witnesses for themselves, to make their own determinations about the credibility of the witnesses. 
but also to learn firsthand about the facts of the president's misconduct. The Attorney General of the U.S. State of California, who's leading a privacy investigation into Facebook, says it's failing to comply with requests for information. Javier Becerra has appealed in court to make Facebook hand over documents on privacy and third-party access to use the data. He spoke at a news conference in San Francisco. This morning, we went to court to enforce a subpoena we issued to Facebook some time ago. We issued those subpoenas back in June of this year. Since then, Facebook has failed to respond adequately to those lawfully issued subpoenas sent as part of an investigation that the California Department of Justice is engaged in dealing with the company's business practices. Mexican officials say they've arrested three men in connection with an attack on a Mormon family in the northwest of the country. Nine members of the LeBaron family were killed in the ambush on their vehicles by gunmen. The head of the Mexican security forces, Omero Mendoza, said the murders were a result of mistaken identity by a suspected drug cartel. Here's the BBC's Will Grant. Omero Mendoza delivered a detailed explanation of their version of events to the media, involving precise timings, the types of weapons used, and maps of the mountainous region where the attack took place. Yet for all their careful conclusions, the family simply won't agree with the basic thrust of the Mexican government's investigation. They believe their loved ones were deliberately targeted, possibly for having frequently spoken out about cartel violence and the illegal traffic of guns from the US into the hands of the region's cartels. The discovery of fossils of an ancient ape that lived in Europe 12 million years ago show our ancestors may have walked upright on two feet much earlier than previously thought. The study was published in the journal Nature. The BBC's Helen Briggs reports. Ever since Charles Darwin's day, there's been much debate about how and when our early ancestors began to walk on two legs. Did this key characteristic of being human arise from an ape much like the orangutan that lived in the trees or from a knuckle-walking ancestor which spent most of the time on the ground, similar to a gorilla? Fossils discovered last year at a clay pit in southern Germany give intriguing new clues. Scientists say the ape, named Denuvius, had arms suited to hanging in trees, but human-like legs, suggesting walking on two feet, evolved in the treetops at least 12 million years ago. Mexican archaeologists have announced they've found at least 14 mammoth skeletons in what they say is the first man-made mammoth trap to be discovered anywhere in the world. The team from the National Institute of Anthropology and History said some of the 800 bones unearthed in central Mexico show the giant herbivores had been hunted by humans and roamed alongside horses and camels in the region more than 14,000 years ago. To business news, Alibaba's founder Jack Ma, who recently resigned as chairman of the e-commerce giant to focus on philanthropy, is the richest man in China for a second year, according to the Forbes China Rich List. His fortune rose to 270 billion yuan from 238 billion a year earlier. Tencent CEO Pony Ma ranks number two with a net worth of 254 billion, followed by Evergrande Group's chairman Hu Hui Kua Yan, who retains his third place with 195 billion yuan. To local news, a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 27,595. That's 93 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $38 billion. To currencies, the US dollar is trading at 108.69 yen. The euro is standing at 1 US dollar and 10 cents. And the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 5 cents. And now with the sports news, here's Atom Jung. 
Victories for Paris Saint-Germain, Bayern Munich, and Juventus have guaranteed their places in the last 16 of football's European Champions League. PSG got past Club Bruges 1-0, and in the same group, there was an emphatic win for Real Madrid, who thrashed Galatasaray 6-0. Details from the BBC's John Bennett. Paris Saint-Germain far from their best, but they did enough just to go through to the last 16 with two games to spare in the group stage. Mauro Icardi, the scorer of the only goal against Club Bruges, eight goals in seven games now for him for PSG. He's keeping Edinson Cavani out of the team. Cavani on the bench for the fifth successive game. But Kaylor Navas was the hero in the second half for PSG. He saved a penalty from Mbai Dian in the 74th minute after a Thiago Silva foul. What an opportunity that was for Bruges to win a point. Meanwhile, at the Bernabeu, Real Madrid were fantastic against Galatasaray. A 6-0 victory and a hat-trick for the 18-year-old Rodrigo, the Brazilian second-youngest scorer of a hat-trick in Champions League history. Karim Benzema also scored two, and he's the second player to score in 15 consecutive Champions League seasons after a certain Lionel Messi. Bayern Munich defeated Olympiacos 2-0 to reach the last 16. Also in Group B, Tottenham blasted Red Star Belgrade with Son Hyun Min scoring twice. Tall figure of the Tottenham captain Harry Kane and he slips it through the rows and Rose plays it across and Son's there at the back post to make it 3-0. His second goal on the night and that certainly justifies his selection and what a good scoreline this is now for Tottenham here in Spurs went on to win 4-0. An injury-time winner from Douglas Costa sent Juventus into the last 16. They beat Lokomotiv Moscow 2-1 in Russia. Atletico Madrid would have progressed with the win, but they were beaten 2-1 by Bayer Leverkusen. Group C leaders Manchester City drew 1-0 away to the Italian side Atalanta. In the same group, Chateau Donetsk came from 3-1 down to draw 3-3 with Dinamo Zagreb. In the Europa League, Arsenal are kicking themselves after they conceded an injury-time equaliser in Portugal. The Gunners drew one all at Vitoria Guimaraes for their fourth consecutive draw in all competitions, though they still lead their Europa League group. Arsenal can qualify for the last 32 tonight if third place Standard Liège lose to Eintracht Frankfurt. And that's your look at sports. Thanks, Adam. To end the news, the top stories once again. The Chinese university cut short a graduation ceremony after it was disrupted by protesting students in face masks and hard hats. A political analyst says cancelling the district council elections would be counterproductive. And Executive Councillor Ip Kwok Him describes yesterday's knife attack on District Councillor Junius Ho as frightening. The news from RTHK. In the digital world, your account login and personal information are just like the keys to your home. Accessing your bank account via an unknown Wi-Fi or a public computer is like giving away your home keys. And stolen account and personal information can be used by others. Always protect your digital keys. Change your password regularly. Keep your personal digital keys safe. The above information is provided by the Hong Kong Monetary Authority. Yeah.